The Mere and the Curse of Camelot book is now available to buy on Amazon Prime. The link is in the details. If you're interested in partnering with Magical Storybook English Nanny Bedtime Stories or wanting to know more about sponsorship opportunities, then visit our website www.magical-storybook.com. You can also download free read-along books to accompany our fairy tales. Our Magical Storybook podcast, Mere and the Curse of Camelot, is now an exciting new novel, available to download on Amazon or buy as a printed book. Follow the link in the podcast details. Welcome to Magical Storybook, a collection of children's stories from around the world. Mere and the Curse of Camelot Chapter 9 The Castle Guard Cats With their hard metal helmets and long shiny spears, they have guarded the castle for thousands of years. They hadn't been in the air for very long when another grim shape appeared in front of them. It was a cylindrical mass of green cloud slowly circling around an enormous black hole. Mia and Morian gripped the dragon's back tightly and prayed that it wasn't doing what it looked like it was doing, flying right into it. They shouted for the dragon to stop, but it stayed on course. Within moments they were staring up at the gaping mouth of the hole. Then they felt themselves being pulled in. They screamed, but no sound came out of their mouths. The noise was crushed by the blackness of the tunnel. It was pitch dark and silent inside. The green mist moved in an anticlockwise tube around them, but it gave no light, and although they could no longer see the dragon, they could feel the pulsating of its great heart beating beneath them. Mia knew that there was nothing to do now except hold on and hope to see daylight again. They sped up, looping around the mist. Then the black hole spat them out, and after straightening up, they were happy to see the familiar sight of the mystical mountains ahead. They glided over a few tiny villages and meadows, and finally arrived back in Camelot. The dragon dropped them off a short walk from the castle. They know not to get too close, commented Morian, waving the dragon goodbye. They half expected to see Tarask there, tearing down the walls of the castle, and were surprised to find it still so quiet. I wonder where he is, said Mia. Yes, said Morian, it's not like Tarask to forgive. Then he turned to Mia and said, but come, Lady Mia of the world to come, show me the portal to the underground hall. He took the sword from its scabbard and held it up to the sun. Its long, wide blade gleamed a blood-red colour in the light. I can use this dragon blade sword to break the inside lock to the castle. Its dragon tail handle seemed to latch onto and grip Morian's hand, no lock will be strong enough to prevent us from finding Morgana. 
unknown to them. As he turned the sword, it was reflecting and flashing beams of light towards the castle. They had attracted the attention of a tall, dark figure who was now standing at one of the higher windows, watching them. Mia showed Morian to the foxhole that led to the tiled hall, but it was gone, sealed up with a mound of earth and grass. They dug at the soil with their hands, but found nothing underneath. It was definitely here, said Mia. Morian nodded. Morgana has moved the portal to a new place. You'll not stumble across it so easily again. Our only way in now is through the castle itself. Mia shivered nervously. Do you think she knows we're here? Undoubtedly, he answered, looking up at the flock of birds that had appeared out of nowhere. She's watching us now. Mia tucked herself against the wall of the moat and looked into the forest to see whether she could see anyone. She could not take her mind off the shadowy figure that had chased her when she first arrived. Why doesn't she show herself? asked Mia. I don't know, Morian answered. She knows that you have broken through one of her enchantments already. I think that she is a little scared of you as none of us really knows what powers you've brought from your world. The mention of her world brought her thoughts back to Stickney Piggott. She desperately wanted to see him. Come on, she shouted to Morian as she ran towards the place where she had left him. They found Stickney preening himself and casually pulling some ivy from his trunk. Troublesome crawly critter! He was complaining, yanking at the spiny roots that had taken hold of his bark. He looked pleased to see Mia, but not nearly as pleased as she was to see him. Are you ready to go home? he asked. Mia desperately wanted to say yes, but then she looked over at Morian. He gave her a nod that said it was okay if she wanted to leave, although the dread of her actually going was written all over his face. She turned to Stickney and said, I've just got something to do first. She walked towards Morian. Right, shall we do this? She said, grinning. Morian laughed with pure relief. Indeed, my lady, he answered. They used the cover of the trees to make their way to the side of the castle. Keeping close to the stone walls, they crept round to the front and towards the main gateway. The portcullis was now raised, which meant that Morgana was home. They could see two guards, one on each side of the gate. They were tall, almost as tall as a human, yet they were not human. They were cats, a black and white one and a marmalade coloured one. They sat with their backs against the wall, wearing protective breastplates from which two long legs and feet extended. Their helmets had a nose shield down the middle and two triangular points to protect their long ears. They each held a long spear in one of their paws. When the sound of a distant branch cracking made them bring their heads up, Mia was stunned to see that they had the strangest eyes. They were huge round discs of light that glowed like orange lanterns. Morian recognised them immediately and smiled. 
That's Jack and Jim, he said. They are brothers, and I have known them since I was a child. Jack, the black and white one, he explained, is a particular favourite of the king's. While they were looking at Jack, who was casually licking his paw, they did not notice that Jim was glaring at him and thrashing his tail from side to side. When he was in a bad mood, the mere sight of Jack was enough to send Jim into a fury, and Jim was in a bad mood now. He flew at Jack and a yowling brawl began. Here they go again, said Morian, rolling his eyes. Although the guard cats were expert in martial arts and weaponry, they never used their spears when fighting each other. They preferred claw and tooth combat, the ancient way of settling minor scores. These cats are very strange, remarked Mia. They have guarded the kings and queens of this realm for thousands of years. Thousands of years, gasped Mia. The oldest cat that she knew was her auntie's cat, Ronald, who was 12. These are no ordinary cats, continued Morian. They speak many different languages and fiercely guard whoever is on the throne without question. Despite the fact that it was currently flying all over the place, Mia noticed that their fur was in very good condition for such ancient cats. She suggested to Morian that they should go through the gate while the cats were distracted, but Morian warned her of the consequences of upsetting them. They will not harm us as long as we do not try to harm them or whoever is on the throne. We should be careful because they are full of magic. Mia understood that they needed to get the furry guards on board if they were to get into the castle. They waited patiently for the cats to finish their fight, and when it looked like it was never going to end, Morian shouted, Hello, friends! The cats immediately stopped and looked up, still clinging to each other. Then recognising Morian, they broke hold and walked back to their posts, smoothing down their fur. They straightened their crooked helmets, picked up their spears and sat to attention. We need to enter the castle, guard cats, explained Morian. The cats ignored him and looked aloof. We are old friends, are we not? He said more forcefully. The knights of Camelot and the guard cats have a mutual trust and respect. There was still no response and the cats began to wash casually again. We once fought side by side in battle. The cats looked at him. Morian gave Jim a deep blink, as old friends of cats do, and Jim blinked back. Morian, seeing that he had their attention for a moment, quickly continued. Morgana is a false queen. We need to put King Arthur back on the throne. As he walked forward, Jack and Jim crossed their spears to block him. They turned their heads away and started to wash again. He had to think fast. Do you remember how the knight Lancelot used to bring you fresh salmon from the river every day? Hearing the word salmon, they stopped licking and stared at him. The abruptness of the interruption resulted in Jack's tongue still poking out of his mouth. You could have that again if you help us to free him and the others from the curse. Then Mia remembered how much Ron liked having his ears rubbed. And I'm sure that the Knights of Camelot would give you all the ear scratches you wanted, she added. 
Mia and Maureen were in the middle of trying to convince the cats to help when Jim suddenly and unexpectedly began to fade away. Within moments, he had completely vanished. Where did he go? asked Mia, feeling very puzzled. She suddenly felt something gently tapping on her ear. She turned around and saw that Jim was sitting behind her with his arms stretched out in front of him. What are you doing? She laughed. She went to rub his nose, but he gave her a wink and then vanished once more. She spun around on the spot to see where he had gone. And when he reappeared, Jack was with him. The guard cats kept on disappearing and popping up somewhere else. It was sending Mia quite dizzy. Oh, keep still, she yelled. Morian was amused by their game. They are playing with you, he laughed. Even guard cats get bored. After a while, the cats decided to leave Mia alone and chase each other in and out of time portals instead. They used this opportunity to run towards the castle gatehouse, but as they reached the portcullis, the cats reappeared and blocked their entrance once more. It looks like they'll never let us in, Morian sighed as Jack, with a turn of a wheel, lowered the heavy metal gate and locked it. They were walking away discussing how else they might get into the castle when they heard the hissing and spitting behind them resume. They turned to see that the guard cats had begun fighting again. There they were, rolling down the castle steps in a screaming interlocked ball of flying fur. They were just about to carry on walking when Mia's eyes were drawn to a large square object that was lying on the floor where the cats had been sitting. Look! she said, nudging Morian. It looks like a book. Morian looked at where she was pointing, but could see nothing. Checking that the cats were still distracted, Mia sprinted back to the gateway and grabbed it. Run! she shouted. They ran as fast as they could into the forest and did not stop until they had reached Morian's house, where the book suddenly showed itself to him. How on earth, he started to say, when he saw the time-worn cover. He took the book from Mia. It was thick, and the pages were old and discoloured. They opened it, but it was filled with words that Mia could not understand, and that were laid out like poems. This is an ancient language that is not used in these parts anymore, said Morian, flipping through the pages. These are enchantments. How can you tell? asked Mia. They are Theban words, he said, showing Mia the series of symbols on the page, the language of the first witches and alchemists. We had some schooling in this while I was training to be a knight. Morian studied the symbols and tried to work out what they were saying. I do not understand all of these symbols, he said after a while, but what I can read are the words of a madman he paused while he continued reading. They talk of starting wars between different worlds and of wealth and power. I do not know what the guard cats were doing with this book, he said, but I think that it belongs to Morgana. It is truly amazing that this book showed itself to you and no one else, he said. I have more and more faith in your powers to defeat the witch. She'll be furious when she discovers that it's missing. Is there anything in it that we can use to stop her? 
They spent the next hour deciphering the last few enchantments for clues. Then Morian jumped with excitement. This is it, he cried. The spells that Morgana has used to give her power over the rulers of the realms. Look, here she talks of turning her enemies to stone. Does it say how to break the spell? asked Mia, hardly able to contain her excitement. Morian read on, mumbling the words under his breath, while he waited for the right ones to appear. Suddenly he shouted, Here! and he read the words out loud. They look for the magic to break my spells, but only the song from the dream fairy bells will free the defeated that bide in the hall, who idle in stone while their weak kingdoms fall. Tears of relief began to roll down Morian's cheeks. For too long I have waited for this moment, he said. Mia raised her hand to high-five him. What are dream fairy bells? Dream fairies are the sprites who play inside our heads when we are asleep, he replied. They bring us our dreams. Not many people have seen them. The idea that there were sprites that had access to her brain made her feel very weird. So these dream fairies can help us break the curse, she asked. Morian nodded. But how do we find one to talk to? Morian thought about it for a moment and then replied, I know exactly how.